Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, step right up to the Bread and Circuses podcast, where your hosts talk about anything they damn well please. So strap in while Rome burns and enjoy the clown show. Welcome back once again, Bread and Circuses Podcast. I am Rooster, here with Crow. Hello. How you doing, Crow? Pretty good. In a unique situation here, I'm in this, uh, basically, we have a old kid's playroom in my house. It's a junk room at this point, because we're trying to get it cleaned out, but we have a ton of extra stuff in here, because we're doing like some spring cleaning. My dog wants in. He's sitting outside, like whining at me outside the door, but there's nowhere for him to get in this room. Mm. So I'm like in a chair in the corner. So, Aww. well, I'm yeah. sitting at a table in a, in a dining room and, uh, it's been very wet in uh, Minnesota, uh, what with all the snow melting and then just rain lately. And, uh, mm-hmm. I think we have some water issues at the house here. I'm smelling mold. That is not, really? that's never a good sign. <laughs> Maybe it's just because you're old. Oh, okay. You know, I never even thought of that. You know, maybe you are moldy. Moldy oldie. Yeah, exactly. Because okay. we're well, not spring chickens, you no. know. So, anyway, well, we got a ton to talk about because it's been a little while because we've been busy with stuff. But, um, of course, the first thing I want to talk about is my boy Elon Musk handing it to uh, the BBC in an interview. Did you see that clip? Yes, I did. And uh, I think I'm the one that uh, brought it up to you because <laughs> I was so excited well, think, to tell you about it. <laughs> yeah, I think we were talking about it the next morning, but I mean, I I didn't have to go looking for it. Like I pulled up my computer and it was, it yeah. was there. And uh, I mean, he just, the, the, I don't know who that guy was that was interviewing him, but he was not prepared. And I posted about this on the website and I said, you can't come into an interview like this against a guy who you can't try and play gotcha with a guy who's first of all whether you like him or not he's he's a genius i mean he is a he's a demonstrably intelligent person you know he's not dumb and he's gonna see this coming he can think faster than you so you better have something if you're gonna try and get him and all he tried to get him with was well Twitter's pretty hateful. So what do you think about that? And Elon just goes, so give me an example. And the guy literally was like, oh, I I can't do that. I just, you know, I got to move on. And it didn't, it didn't work for him. And Elon was just like, well, you're a liar. I'm calling out. That's a falsehood. What you said is not true. You you just lied. (laughs) You just lied. Yeah. And he had the guy and it was, you know, it was uncomfortable. Like, um, did you ever watch Friends? Yeah. The, like the scene where Ross and Rachel are breaking up. Sorry. Um, and you, you realize they're about to find out and you just want to get up and walk out of the room because that situation <laughs> is going to be totally uncomfortable. Or you see someone doing like a speech or a presentation and they're just bombing. Yeah. It was the same thing. It was almost like, oh my God, I feel bad for this guy. And then I realized, no, I didn't. Yeah, I never, so, I never had an ounce, ounce of, uh, I didn't, yeah, I didn't get the cringe, uh, look, look away cringe feeling with this guy. I wanted him to just suffer. Um, yeah. but the fact is he, he did what they usually do. He goes, you know, let's just move on. I don't have a lot of time here. It's like, oh no, no, no. That, that's where you, uh, you line. I mean, he did a great job, but it's like, I just, 
I would never move on. I go, you admit you lied and then we can move on. That, that's, yeah. that's, that's where I'm at. If I ever get famous enough to do that kind of gotcha interview and I tell the guy something and they, they get flummoxed and they don't want to, they just let's move on. I go, no, 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 we will move on. We'll move on. But admit you're wrong. <laughs> you no, know? you got to do the Kareem Jean-Pierre and say, oh, we're not talking about this anymore. Nope. Nope. Not doing it. Nope. Yeah. Uh, we've already, we've already answered that. How? What? Yeah. Uh, multiple times. What, but, but when in the past, multiple times we've answered this. Well, <laughs> I did this when we were on the phone the other day. The classic Kareem Jean-Pierre move is to be like, you know, well, this president is doing the work. Yeah. Well, what work is that? I just, I just said we were doing yeah. the work. No, no, I, I need to, what pertaining to this particular issue, what work have you been doing? He has, um, he has look, done the work. He continues yeah. to do the work. <laughs> and there will be more work he done. Can, he will, he's planning on doing more work in the future. Yeah. Like Answer. what? I just told you. <laughs> Yeah. And then she looks around the room like for sympathetic. I just told him. It just answered your question. Yeah. And everyone's going, uh, no, you didn't. Yeah. So, and now I think the lefty press is starting to get after her and say, um, is he going to answer some questions at all? He answers questions all the time. They're like, no, like in front of press with not like what ice cream he wants. And just really. Look, he answered so, that he answered a child that said, you know, what is the, what are the steps to success? He answered that. Yeah. Don't get COVID. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Just, uh, what a mess. Um, do you want to, you know more about this, but it's a big story. Um, do you want to talk about the Matt Walsh hack? Yeah. Yeah. That's it. It's a uh, bigger than initially people understand they thought it was just a Twitter hack, but they, some, someone got a hold, hold of his, um, all of his passwords for everything. So they've got his emails from the last 20 years. They've got, uh, his, uh, tax return records, <laughs> direct messages too, from yeah, everything. So, so in- him speaking directly to, um, Ben Shapiro, him speaking directly to, um, Joe Rogan, um, uh, yeah, there's, I mean, oh, um, Steve Crowder, I Steve Crowder, even I think message between those two. So, you know, the best part though, about this whole thing is I don't care what they find. He's not going to apologize for anything. <laughs> yeah, if one guy that you're not going to get to grovel, it's going to be Matt Walsh will never, never grovel and never beg for forgiveness for anything. They so, could be like, um, what's this whole thing about begging your wife to peg you? And yeah. he'll be like, I did it. You know, <laughs> he'll be like, you're not man enough. So, <laughs> He's just not going to, he'll take his own advice for sure. He will not apologize. Yeah. He just won't. And, uh, you know? in, in anything that comes out at this point, uh, you know, short of, you know, total hypocrisy, um, which I don't, I doubt is going to happen. Um, I, I don't give a shit. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to know. Because Oh, I, I 100% guarantee you there will be hypocrisy in it. And I'm using air quotes when I say that because, I mean, when you have all that text and everything, you can edit that to say anything you want oh, it to. Yeah. That's another thing with uh, with deepfakes and all that kind of shit. How do we know any of it, how much of it or if any of it's real? I mean, he can come out and go, he can come out and something, something kind of cringy or incriminating comes out. Not incriminating, but, you know, the socially incriminating comes out. And he can go, yeah, you know what? It might be true, might not be true. I'm not going to speak on it. And you'd be like, oh, okay. (laughs) 
you know, it might be a deep fake. It might be true. Some of this is true. Some of it's false. I'll let you, I'll let you decide to, you know, what you think. And I'm not going to speak on it. I go, I'd be like, yep, that's a, that's a good way to do it. Well, and we've talked about this before, but I'm getting, I'm getting more and more like this. I don't know if this is, this is some sort of pill. Is it a gray pill? Is it a, I mean, whatever pill it is, I don't believe anything anybody tells me anymore. Yeah. I just, I don't, I don't believe it. It's not, it used to be, used to be, I would tell my friends cause I'm a notorious practical joker, but I used to tell my friends, anything you say to me on April 1st, I'm not going to believe. So somebody close to me and my family or a friend better not die on April 1st. Cause I'm going to be like, yeah. people are going to be like, Oh, your best friend died. I'll be like, fuck you. He did not, you know, yeah. I just, I won't believe it. But now I'm getting like that with everything. And not only because some stuff is just a flat out lie, but I mean, even, even it's as simple as things like you see thumbnails for videos and they're like, they'll put in quotes, something that happened and you know, it'll be, it'll be Matt Walsh pointing at Ben Shapiro saying, you're a liar. Yeah. And you watch the video and there's nothing that quotes never in there. Yeah. You'll be what? like, well, I, Ben I, Shapiro and, and, uh, uh, Matt had a fight. You know, I mean, I've seen that recently is it's kind of a trend now in the thumbnails for YouTube videos. And, um, there's a couple channels that do that. And I actually like the channels. They're smaller. They're not big name channels, but, um, they do that where they put what the video is about and then they'll put the thumbnail and it has like a tweet from somebody that they never said. And it's like, I, I, that kind of clickbait shit's really driving me crazy. You know who's the worst at it? Good podcast, interesting podcast, but the worst at the whole thumbnail thing, you know, being liars basically is the whatever podcast. Mm-hmm. Have you seen that one? No. It's a guy in his late thirties, sort of nerdy looking, kind of soft spoken, and he has all these women oh, on yeah, there, yeah. and basically, I know, yep, I'm talk sorry, about, I, I have seen him. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, they talk about dating issues and stuff, but you know. He'll say, uh, I mean, it'll be something on there, like with some angry woman. And she's like, you're all basic, but it never happens. She yeah. never says it in there or anything like that. So yeah. anyway, but no, I just, I'm getting to the point where I don't believe anything. And it's funny because my, my oldest will bring me stuff, political things, and he'll show it to me and I'll be like, yeah, I don't believe it. And he goes, well, but it's right here. It'll be some source and I'll go get another one. Yeah. Get two. You definitely have to have more than one get to uh, and the and the second one better not cite the first one <laughs> and even someone you trust that kind of does this for a living they're, they're you know they're getting fooled by stuff they're like hey, you know i thought this was a real one i i held off on it because i just didn't know and it turned out it wasn't real and you're like you know like either a either a you know tim pool or somebody who actually does their research um or crowder even steven crowder and uh you know they're it's getting to the point where you can't even trust people that do it for a living, try to suss out the truth and in, in, in this kind of stuff that know that the, you know, legacy media is full of shit and they have to find the real truth by digging. And now it's going to be like, Ooh, it's going to be really tough. Yeah. The, the great thing about both uh, Tim and Steven Crowder and Matt Walsh too, on a rare occasion that he's been wrong on this stuff, they will come out and say, I was wrong. I got ahead of this. You know, here's what really happened. Um, Matt Christensen's done that the very few times he's been fooled because he's so methodical in his research. Yeah, and that, yeah, that's and he doesn't put videos out like consistently. He doesn't put like a video out a day or a week. He'll just put it out when it's, when a topic is something that he wants to speak about, which means he does some you know in depth research into it. Yeah, I think my two most trusted ones are probably um, Tim Pool and Sticks Hex and Hammer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
They're uh, pretty. They know what they're talking about. But well, back to this Matt Walsh hack. Uh, it turns out that they think it might have been an inside job. Might have been somebody you know that was nearby that that um, facilitated it. You know, near to Matt um, or to the Daily Wire studios. Mm-hmm. And I, I believe that might be true, but also it could just be, you know, somebody who did the hack trying to just cover their bases, you know, and kind of put the scent off of them. But it's like this. Well, Tim was saying, Tim was saying they think it had to be really close because they have either you'd have to be in very close proximity or you have to get a hold of his phone. And when Tim was talking about this, I don't know who the guest was that he had on. But he said, you know, that's it's as simple sometimes as people like, hey, my battery's dead. Can I use your phone quick to make a call? And yeah. they said, just look at those people and go, no, you can't. Yeah. But they if, said, if, do it's, not, if it's somebody do not close have to your him, phone. Yeah. yeah. They're like, don't have your phone out of your possession. Just but don't do it. I, I would believe that somebody from the daily wire working there. Cause it's a, you know, it's, there's a lot of people that work for them and there's some disgruntled people. I mean, some, a woman recently quit, uh, because she did not like Matt Walsh and his stance on, you know, on, um, Dylan Mulvaney. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, the, I could see some people, you know, that were her friends be like, Oh, we'll get that guy, you know, cause he came out yeah, and I think, for that. So I think that person who quit was even conservative. They just thought he was too mean. Yeah, and he said, right. You don't look like a man, a woman. You're just an ugly man. Yeah. Um, and then also kind of true. Sorry. A wired reporter, uh, solicited the information, the hacked information and then got it and then published it. And then Twitter, you know, indefinitely, you know, permanently suspended him. Yeah, it was a. It's a hacker, according to Tim. He used to go by hacker, the name yeah. DB Koopa. Yeah. So. So. But Tim goes. Of course, they never mentioned that in the story. They never mentioned that this guy was a, a hacker because they want to legitimize him, make him sound like he was a reporter. Yeah. He goes, no, he was a hacker who turned into, sort of a reporter like that. And you know what's funny? I was thinking about what if my whole like every one of my passwords was was taken and. Uh, you know, I had, they had three days just to download everything from my past. Um, do I even know what I've said in the last 10 years or or the communications between friends or, I mean, I don't even know. I'm sure some of it's pretty, uh, I'd look at it and be like, Ooh boy. I'd have some pretty incriminating stuff on you in text messages. Yeah, I would think think so. But I mean, nothing that I would think would, uh, make you an evil person or anything. I just, I think your internet search history with all the furries and the futinari in there might be a little bad. Yeah. The the history would be more worrying. (laughs) Yeah. The, uh, it's all for research, research, the tentacle porn, you know, all uh, for, all for show, just show research, research is all that was. (laughs) I don't know what show you're researching for, but, uh, (laughs) yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, so I don't know. I mean, they put everything out there. Like, I mean, they said they had his passwords, his authentication codes. I mean, everything. And then they were talking about how basically this is on Tim Pool's podcast. How you don't have privacy. They're like, look, you can have, you know, double authentic- authentication and all that. And they said people are still going to get in. So just, just don't assume that you have privacy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, I, I act as if you're a what is it a 1990s mobster. You know, like yeah. you're, you know, everything, you know, you're, why you're, you're tapped. You have to go in, you know, random phone booths or you have to go in somebody's car or somebody like in a kitchen where it's really loud and then whisper to each other to get information so nobody can hear what's or, going on. And know. I know, I know these don't always work together because sometimes you have to share, you know, confidential information or sometimes you just want to say something that people could take out of context, but, or, you know, just, uh, 
just be who you are. So when yeah. someone, I think that's one of the reasons people don't understand Matt Walsh. So like, he doesn't apologize for things because he says what he means. Yeah. When he says to Dylan Mulvaney, you've ruined yourself. You tr in trying to make yourself look like an attractive woman, which you will never be. You just made yourself a weird looking man. Well, it's because and when yeah. people say you need to apologize for that, he goes, no, I, I don't because I mean that. Yeah. He, he, I, the left has used this term, so I can't kind of hate using it, but you have to be authentic. Yeah. And if you're being authentic, then you don't have to worry about uh, being tripped up or being caught in lies because you're not going to be telling lies. And you're, and you're not going to be telling people what they want to hear or trying to um, get in somebody's good graces or, or whatever by brown nosing. Or, just don't do any of that. Just be a, be an upright, upstanding person. Yeah. Well, speaking if, of not being a, go sorry, ahead. No, go, that's, that's fine. I was going to say, speaking of not being authentic, um, did you see, uh, Minnesota? Um, I think it was in the, um, state Senate. They had, it was a, it was a state politician, whether it's a Senator of the house saying she's talking about, uh, abortion rights and, uh, transgender surgeries for kids and everything. And she actually said, Republicans need to keep government out of people's healthcare decisions. <laughs> I mean, they're saying these things with a straight face. <laughs> Oh man. God, I mean, oh. like you just want to, Hey, like the, the vaccine that you said that we all had to take, and and, like, you know, Clay, like Clay Travis brought, yeah. Clay Travis brought this up. He said, um, have we ever had a vaccine that was required that you no longer have to take? The only one I can think of is smallpox. They don't, they don't vaccinate people for smallpox hmm. anymore, hmm. but, um, because, you know, on most people, it left sort of an ugly scar and, right. um, you know, it's all but eradicated. But, of course, it's coming back because, you know, but he's he says you've never had one like polio or anything like that where they had you get it. And then they were just like, ah, you know what? You don't need to do it anymore. Yeah, because he goes, all of those things, MMRs, polio, you know, uh, you have to get all those things. Yeah. And now it's just like the COVID one that people lost their jobs over. They're like, eh, no good. It doesn't work anymore. I mean, they literally say, well, that first round of COVID shots wouldn't protect you from COVID anyway. <laughs> like, you people yeah. are so full of shit. And they yeah. just, they, they don't get, and the only, the only recourse you have is to just say, no, I won't do it. And I think in most cases, um, that works pretty well. Now, if your boss comes to you and says, you have to get, in, you have to get this shot or we're going to fire you. Um, I'm not going to begrudge anybody for saying, all right, fine, I'll get the shot. You know, it's, it's not as simple as a kid, uh, someone like Tim pool makes the, when he says, Hey, you got to stand up for yourself. I mean, like we've said before, Dennis Prager said, some people aren't fighters, you know? Yeah. Um, and I'm not gonna, I'm, I'm not going to, I mean, I, I got a booster to go on a trip with my mom and dad. Um, it was a European cruise kind of thing. And we knew it was coming and we said, okay, go ahead and book us for that trip. And we really thought that the stuff would be dropped by them. But I was like, we can't waste thousands of dollars suddenly saying, we're just not going to do it. You know, I mean, we walked into it knowing what we were going to have to do. And I'm like, I'm never doing it again. Yeah. You know, well, so, but 
yeah, I won't I hold like, that against people, but I would like to segue a bit into this. Um, there's a Alpha News um, article about a former nurse that describes the COVID nineteen protocols as medical murder. Great segue. So, so her, go ahead. Her name is Gail McRae. She said she wanted to trust organizations like the CDC and the AMA, but she came to believe that the practices and protocols they were mandating uh, equated to medical murder. Um, and she says that uh, she worked in hospitals, ICU care, and as a midwife. She worked for Kaiser Permanente Santa Rosa Medical Center in California from two, 2015 to 2021 uh, when she was fired for refusing to get vaccinated against COVID-19. As COVID ramped up in the spring of 2020, the media insisted hospitals were overflowing with patients, but that's not what McRae saw firsthand. Uh, here's the quote from her. They were never full of patients. As a matter of fact, from the onset of COVID for the f whole first year of this pandemic, not only was our hospital under capacity, but I was getting canceled, she said. McRae's position with the hospital was per diem, meaning she could schedule herself when she wanted to work and the hospital would cancel her shifts when there weren't enough patients to staff her. And the winter of 2020 was standard, McRae said. The hospital filled twice, not out of the ordinary for winters. So when she had to tell patients' families that they weren't allowed to visit, she felt like she was violating her ethics and her patients. Um, protocol was to give COVID-19 uh, patients, or, or, how do you pronounce this, remdesivir? Is that what it is? Remdesivir. An antiviral medication, even when they were a week past symptom onset. And, and we're seeing no improvement. As a matter of fact, we're seeing patients going into multi-organ failure, McRae said. She said she wanted to trust them. Um, that's the quote from above. I think that it comes from the combination it's the remdesivir and the isolation of the patient. It's weeks on end with, you know, no access to food and water. She said, all of these protocols, the fear mongering, the isolation, the toxic medications. I walked away feeling like I participated in murder. She worked as a nurse in June, 2021, when the hospital was desperate for more staff. And she noticed during one double shift that the 50 or 60 patients she saw all needed care for a heart attack or stroke. During this period, she also noticed an uptick in cold blue calls, which mean resuscitation or immediate medical help is needed. And nine out of 10 of those times, the cold blues were on a lower level down to the clinic where they were injecting people. And two of my colleagues did in fact go into uh, anaphylaxis after receiving their shots, she explained. She said she was told she wasn't allowed to report what she was seeing. She's been involved in several lawsuits with the intention of standing up for her and other healthcare workers' rights, and she um, started an organization, Stand Firm Now. Uh, last thing, this all comes down to making decisions out of a place of extraordinary love and compassion for the world around me, McRae said. So, and not only that, they, I thought for sure they're going to bring up the fact that they weren't scheduling people for you know uh, screenings during that whole time. You know, mm -hmm. and there's people that had heart conditions. There's people that have thyroid conditions. People had liver conditions. People had cancer that weren't getting screened, and people died from it. You yeah, know? and they didn't. I, I thought that would be in this article too, but I mean, that's what she was saying. Even that she knows, you know, she was implying, I guess, that the vaccine was causing the uh, cold blues and the heart heart problems. So, well, there's there's a couple things I feel out of this. Um, you know, one. I was trying to listen to this with my this article with the leftist journalist or leftist, you know, the Don Lemon mm -hmm. kind of talking point. And I, I, if I was doing that, I would say, oh, the part where she was fired because she wouldn't take the shot. And at that point, they just go, oh, axe to grind. Yeah. Dismiss everything she says. Yep. Yep. 
It's like, yeah, I mean, you, you have to be, you have to think critically about that stuff and say, well, you know, there's some exposure here. There might be, but I mean, when she just comes with facts after that, yeah. I, I mean, now I'm saying these are facts. She's saying things. I'm, I'm well, saying them I'm, like she can I, prove them, I'm, but yeah, if she can, she can prove these things. I and mean, it sounds like she can, if she's involved in lawsuits and you know, it's, it, it doesn't sound like it's just uh, sour grapes from a former employee thing. Right. I understand I'm calling them facts when they aren't proven yeah. to be, but my point is that they probably could She's be. probably got the receipts. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, I, I, I think that's one case where it's like, you know, I, I can see, I can hear the left just dismissing. I mean, I see people on the right to do it. They hear something they don't like and it trips their cognitive dissonance and they go, well, what's the source? And they're like, Oh, you know, it's uh daily beast. So get rid of it. Um, you know, people do that. It's a natural thing, but um, I, I think she's or got BuzzFeed news. <laughs> yeah, I'm kidding. <laughs> we can come back to them. But yeah. the the other thing I was going to say, and I keep mentioning this, and I'm, I get slightly worried about it. I do feel like there is something building on the other side of this. You know, like the like people who are sort of common sense and want to live their lives and just. You know, like a real, a real tea party, not the tax enough already party, you know, from the Obama years. I mean, like, I don't want to say revolutionary because that's not really what I mean. But you know what I mean? Like somebody, like the two things that really started to trip it for me was the whole trans shooter thing. Yeah. You know, went in and killed the kids and then, you know, they don't even go see them. You know, they don't even talk to the families or anything. Oh, yeah, that, now, well, no, but they, but they it went to Tennessee to, to visit the, uh, the Congress people that were kicked out for being assholes. Yeah. And it's funny when you compare the one guy, how he was in college versus, you know, what very do Malcolm you mean, Axiom. Rooster? The man was just orating and talking about his life and the problems he was having with the white folk. That guy? <laughs> I know it's, it's night and day. How he's, how he's doing that. Uh, there was a but, pretty funny uh, segment from, um, oh, what's the uh, guy used to be on the Young Turks? Well, hang on. Before you go to that, I just want to finish up my point okay. about, I feel like, you know, the, the, the Bud Light thing with Dylan Mulvaney, it's not going away. You know, normally I think these things kind of die out. And I hear all this stuff about, you know, I heard someone on the right saying, no, no, no. It was Jason Lewis, who I really don't care for that much. But, um mostly because he thinks he's smarter than everybody, but uh, Jason Lewis, the conservative commentator yeah. and former state representative from Minnesota, or, uh, yeah, a congressman from Minnesota said, you know, if you're going to do this the right way, you got to do it how the left does. You have to sort of draw the, you know, you think of the maps that like the cops do when they're solving a murder, the lines and all that stuff. He mm -hmm. goes, you got to go from, you can't just go for, you know, Anheuser-Busch, you got to go to their distributors and the companies that work with them. And you got to, cause that's what the left does. And I'm thinking, no, just don't buy their stuff. And when someone asks you why, just go, because I don't want it. I don't, I just don't. We don't have to burn them all down. We can just stop buying it. And Anheuser-Busch is going to be fine. You know, just like Target after their um, uh, their gender-neutral bathroom thing. I mean, their stock went down about 10%, and it took a good year, year and a half for it to recover. Target's going to be fine. Yeah. You know, but... Um, I just feel like some of these things that would sort of be a flash in the pan and go away, aren't going, aren't going away. They're sticking around. And I just feel like there's, there's more and more people on the right, just kind of saying, I'm, I'm really tired of this. And I, 
I'm worried that we're starting to see people who are very, you know, sort of normal, starting to talk about, you know, hey, I'm I'm ready for the fight. Well, and I think of all the people who are more crazy than them who are probably ready for the fight before any of this happened. And the problem is we're not me and you aren't tuned into the uh, the Zoomers, you know, to to you know the twenty year olds and younger. Um, but there, uh, there's a lot of disaffected young men out there right now that, that aren't dating, that aren't socializing, that aren't, you know, it, it's, it's, it aren't seeing opportunity, economic opportunity, like, like, like we did or, or our parents did. Um, and what's that going to create? I mean, that's going to create a backlash, a, 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 a um, an overcorrection. I think you're, you, we've got all these, you know, these, uh, liberal policies and, and, and um, cultural things that I think are going to shift hard. Um, the pendulum's going to swing back hard, like way past what it should, you know, like it's going to be not just, you know, conservative, it's going to be like hardcore right wing shit that these people are going to be into because they're, they're going to be fed up, you know, yeah. with their, with their I, I mean, I, life. I worry about not the, not the neo-Nazi kind of stuff. No, that's not people, where I'm going with it either. But I, I'm, I'm but saying people, people that are like the, how the left and the Antifa types are willing to kill for the ideology. They really are. If they can get away with it, they do it. And they have. Um, but I can, I can see the other side boiling up to be like the soccer hooligans kind of thing. You yeah, know, just, but I can see, I can see them getting to the point where they, you know, they'll, they'll be violent. And they won't mm -hmm. have any compunction about it. And sometimes you're thinking, you know, we, we've, we've got checks and balances put on ourselves because of our, because of our, our, uh, conservative attitudes or, or, or just our, our upbringing. Um, but if, I don't know, I think that this new, new generation, I don't know, I, I think <laughs> things are, things are off the, off the rails with them, I think. I don't, I don't, yeah, maybe. I think with all the, the way they've grew, they've grown up with, um, the social media and, um, uh, and the way AI is going to be uh, playing a big role in our lives. I think anything goes at this point. I, I don't, I can't even predict what's going to happen, but I think it's all going to be bad. <laughs> well, I do. I will say the one thing that social media many, many times for the wrong reasons has taught people to do is sort of stand up for themselves. And I think some of that is, I see that boiling over more into real life, which I don't necessarily think is a good thing because people are just more combative all the time, you know, more angry. Mm -hmm. But I do see, especially in the younger ones, like, you know, especially my older son, he and his friends, they don't back down on stuff. You know, they yeah. just, they don't. And uh, part of it is because they've built a good little tribe around them. You know, they know they've got each other's backs and stuff, yeah. but. Yeah, you need that. Um, that's good. Yeah, that's good. But I, I do sort of see you know, um, like a lot more spine in them, but I also think they're easily led astray, like easily fooled. Mm -hmm. And that's sort of the kind of stuff that worries me. And I don't mean just conservative kids. I mean, all of them, it's easy to just direct them. And, um, you, do you know, who Mr. Beast is. Yeah. So he has, a he has, a one of his buddies who came out as, yeah trans now he's the youtube guy that like yeah. gives a bunch of money away to to whatever yeah he, he um paid for a thousand people to have cataract surgery yeah. and uh he took a bunch of shit for it for um for uh getting clicks out of it it's like that's why he can keep doing this stuff yeah the first time i heard of him i think he he was there was like a, a montage of him just dropping in on on small channels um youtube channels live streams 
Yeah. And if, if it was, if he found them interesting or engaging, he would give them a super chat that was like, you know, 10 grand or something yeah, $10, like that. $10,000. He built his whole, I think he has a great job and I'll come around to the trans thing with Mr. Beast in a second, but just some background on him. You know, so many of these kids see him like my youngest loves Mr. Beast. And he thinks sometimes, man, it'd be cool to be famous like him. And I'm like, do you know how he got like that? He spent 18 months basically with a group of his friends researching what makes stuff viral. You know, like they did a lot of work, none of which they were being paid for. You know, mm-hmm. they're just doing the research. He said, I was working 16, 18 hours a day, you know, conferencing with these people and trying to trying to figure out basically what made the Internet tick. And then he started doing that stuff. I mean, he was basically using the algorithms to make himself more famous, to drive money, to give the money away, which made it more and more famous. Now he's like one of the biggest YouTubers in the world. But um, so he did the work, which was the part that I think so many people get lost on. But so Tim Poole was talking about this guy, one of his friends who's transitioning. And Tim's on the channel quite a bit. Yeah, but alpha and omega and beta males. And he says, look, you need to not think about betas like weak. That's not what they are. He's like, they're just followers. Yeah. You know, they're capable, but not willing. And they don't do the, or not, they're willing, but not capable. Sorry. They are willing to follow along. They're willing to do a thing, you know, that makes, but he says a beta male like this guy wants to be famous. He wants to be famous like Mr. Beast. So what does he do? He knows enough to how to use the algorithms and he did, they go back and they find some old tweets where he's talking about, you know, hating on liberals and how people, how can you be trans and blah, blah, blah. And then he basically realized if you come out as trans, it'll make you famous. And I think that's the thing. I was having just this conversation with someone the other day. Um, You know, if you 15 years ago, if you came out as gay, what were you strong and brave? Now you're just boring. Yeah. You know, and Pretty soon, I think 10 years from now, we're going to have people who are, and I'm not kidding about this. I mean, I'm saying it as a joke, but deep down, I'm not kidding. You're going to have people who are like, they're going to be like, well, I'm trans. Like, yeah, so what? You know? Yeah, you're not the they'll, next new They'll fan. say things like, oh, 10% of the population is trans. Kind of, you know, they just make up numbers like that that they did for being gay. And then you're going to see people who will like, They'll self-mutilate. I mean, they will tattoo their faces. I mean, you'll see the forked tongues and stuff and the dyed eyeballs and the huge gauges and the, you know, the spacers in their cheeks. And just you're going to see just these it's over the top stuff to get noticed. And it just this is basic psychology. And I don't I don't think people get this. And I think this is where a lot of the trans stuff is coming from. Yeah, I guess this guy uh, that worked with Mr. Beast um, got married in 2018, I believe. Um, and within, what, five years now, he is, you know, now he says he's a woman, is, is separated from his wife and has, has a kid or two kids or something like that. One child. Yeah, this is the this is the follower. This is not the employee. This is not Mr. Beast. Yeah, this is the guy that's on his channel, but not Mr. Beast. And, um, right. But he he went from being a relatively normal dude um, to you know this kind of freak show in a very short period of time. And uh, I think the wife, I think she used to be on the channel some somewhat, you know, or he do mm-hmm. posts with her, and then kind of just she disappeared. But I guess 
Um, she said she knew one of the, I don't know exactly what the quote was, but she's like, I fell in love with this guy. I knew this guy from when we were younger and this is not the guy I fell in love with. And, uh, it's like, yeah, it's pretty sad. There's a whole thing with, um, trans widows, they call them where these women and these families basically, um, they, a, a guy says, yeah, now I'm a woman and, uh, you know, aren't you happy for me? And they're like, no, <laughs> no, this is not, well, you have to accept me as I know that it's divorce time, buddy. <laughs> well, Tim was talking about social contagion and the Dylan Mulvaney thing. He said, you know, Dylan Mulvaney was trying very desperately to be famous Yeah, and it just wasn't working and it wasn't taken off. He was doing these sort of over the top videos and then he came out as like transitioning and because before that he was just some other gay guy who liked to dress up like a woman. Yeah. Flamboyant. That's all he was. And now he's like, you know, this, this, uh, cross between, uh, um, who's the Audrey Hepburn from breakfast at Tiffany's kind of cross between Audrey Hepburn and a 16 year old spoiled little girl, little boy. You know? <laughs> no, it's like a little girl. He has a lot of like over the top little girl affectation. Yeah, it's pretty, are, it's very creepy. Yeah, it's really creepy. And so uh, he even had something where he was saying, I don't understand why guys aren't sliding into my DMs. I mean, he's like, I'm a pretty hot woman. It's like, no, you're you're not a woman. Mm. You don't get to just say you are and you are, you know. So I but Tim was saying Dylan Mulvaney didn't take off until, you know, he started the whole trans thing, which kicks in the algorithm of, oh, that's what everybody's watching now. And yeah. And uh but he talked about social contagion, about how if you just hammer away at this stuff, it'll happen. Uh, people start to sort of buy in. And I think I think that's, uh, you know, that sort of dumb panicky animals line from Men in Black. And, you you know, they say you'll have these um, classes where it's anecdotal because it's only been a few times. But they have these, you know, a second grade class where they're talking to them about trans. And there's 30 kids in the class and suddenly 15 of them or 20 of them say they're trans. Yeah. You know, yeah, or you've got a, a trans couple. And, uh, and they've got three, four kids and they're all, you know, on the non, non conforming gender, um, 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 bandwagon, you know, it's like, it's like, uh, but they say, oh, this is all natural. No, it's not. You condition these kids. You brainwash them. You're pieces of shit. Well, who was that one? Um, God bearing always used to go after him. Is it Riley Dennis? Was that the one that Mm, sounds familiar? uh, it was always saying, oh, you know, I'm a woman. So he had not had surgery. Um, he liked to dress like a woman and act like a woman. Um, but really basically just grew his hair out long and wore makeup and, oh, and yeah. uh, still had a, still had a girlfriend and considered himself a lesbian because he had a girlfriend, but apparently still was having regular heterosexual sex with her. Yeah. And she's saying, well, I'm a lesbian. It's like, oh my God. Well, and this is 10, this stuff's 10 years yeah. ago. And, and speaking of, we'll bring a bunch of shit together here. Uh, Matt Walsh, Elon Musk did. So, and this stuff, uh, Twitter just, um, um, changed their rules so that you can, um, what is it? Uh, you don't have to use people's preferred pronouns. Yeah. So if you misgender yep. quote unquote, somebody you're not going to get banned from Twitter. They just did that, which is cool. But on YouTube, Matt Walsh, speaking of him again, um, he's not on YouTube anymore. Because they said, "Hey, you know, you're demonetized, and if you if you want to not be demonetized and not worry about getting st- uh, strikes, you have to start um, 
uh, uh, you know, gender affirming people. And he's like, I'm not going to do it. So he's, he's off YouTube. And that's part of the Daily Wires, you know. Um, you know, if they remember, uh, Steve Crowder had a big dispute over over their contracts because they wanted to sign him onto their Daily Wire, and uh, mm-hmm. part of it was that, you know, they drove a lot of their revenue from him being on things like YouTube, and then if he got struck from YouTube, he t- he take a big hit, you know, from them. Yeah. the The other part when you listen to Crowder talk about that was they wanted him to do a certain amount. I mean, he had to do a certain amount of work the way they wanted to do it. And, yeah. uh, you know, he didn't want to do that, which is fine. But I also think, yeah, Steve, when you work for somebody else, you, you kind of got to do what they tell you you're going to do, especially if they're writing you checks for millions of dollars a year. Yeah. But I mean, it's, it's kind of hopefully, I mean, next thing it's, uh, I think Brett Cooper, who's also the daily wire, she got banned off TikTok. Um, Michael Knowles is, is going to be the next he's going to, so I wonder what they're going to end up doing. Daily Wire. Well, they'll just do stuff through Daily Wire. Yeah, and Rumble, I think too. Yeah. So everybody and, should and be. At, is... Should be. I wish. I honestly wish Rumble would get its shit together um, and and be able to like the functionality still isn't quite there for Rumble. Like the fact that you can watch uh, YouTube on your TV on your smart devices and um, you know, like even YouTube Premium where you can put that on and you can actually turn your phone screen off so you can have YouTube premium playing with your phone off. It's a pretty big deal because it's almost like having, you know, having a, um, you know, um, audible or audio, you know, blog or something that you're listening to. But I wish Brumble would do that. Well, I keep thinking about, uh, what Peter Zion said about, uh, or Zian, I can never remember how he pronounces it. What he said about, you know, what we're going to get post, um, you know, he keeps talking about, you know, people go, oh, we're in late stage capitalism. He's like, no, we're not. He says, people don't even know what that means. He goes, we're in late stage globalism. Yeah. He goes, we're not going to be this world influencer anymore. Not because we don't want to be. Um, it's just, it doesn't, we don't need to be. We don't need to be patrolling the world and doing all this stuff. People can sell their stuff online. And and uh, he goes, and we'll just be able to do what we want. And he goes, so what that means for us is our economy will get a little smaller. And uh, you probably won't be able to order stuff next day from Amazon. It'll come in three days. And, uh, you know, the grocery store is not going to have all the items you want all the time. And he goes, and 10 years from now, you won't notice any different. I mean, he goes, I'm not making a case for communism here. He goes, that's not what it's going to be like. There won't be bread lines and all that. Yeah, but there's going to be less. It's going to be more... it, the globalism, the the shipping, uh, all the stuff where you're shipping everything all over is going to kind of be uh, taken care of. Like it's not going to be a, a what is it the situation tariff situation is not going to come back, but they're going to there's going to be more localized economies as opposed to global. I hope I hope that's how it goes. Yeah, there'll be more localized economies. Like, like not, not not with not with the governments trying to force it, but with just people going. You know what? Enough. We're, we just got to figure this out because this is because we're going to have too many disruptions in the in the supply lines and all that kind of shit. And people are going to go. This is not working. Yeah, so it's going to be more like, um, you know, uh, I think of this example from an economics class I took in uh, in college where they talk about you know micro versus macro. Mm-hmm. It's going to be like, you know, uh, Washington apples. You know, if you live near Washington, the state of Washington, you'll be able to get those apples, uh, you know, all up and down the West Coast and part of the Midwest. But uh, you probably won't get as many of them in Georgia. Yeah. You know, and uh, peaches from Georgia aren't going to make it all the way over there because, you know, it's just it's not going to it's not going to be cost effective to do it. 
Yeah. And, you know, so I think that'll be fine. But um, one thing Peter Zion did say we're going to get out of this is we're going to have a lot more, um, you know, conflicts in the world, regional ones, because there's so many areas of the world that just don't have things. Yeah. And he, he gave two great examples. He says, you know, Canada's one tenth the size of the United States as far as population, but you know, land mass, it's almost the same amount of size, same size. He goes, but everybody basically hugs the, the North, uh, the, uh, United States border. Yeah. Cause that's where like 90% of their population lives because the rest of the country isn't very habitable. Livable, livable space is very <laughs> concentrated. Yeah. And it's not easy to traverse Canada, you know? And he said, uh, same with Russia. Russia has about 30% of the country that the world that they live in. And the rest of it is sort of barren landmass. Another thing I think about, oops, sorry. You can't grow anything with it. You can't get across, um, Russia very well. And he said, by contrast, the United States is a country you can traverse. It has a lot of natural resources, got an ocean on each side. He's like, we're in a perfect geographic spot. I think capitalism works more in if you've got uh, the companies that are doing business or the people that are doing business are citizens of the country you're in. If you've got global country, global business, and you're exploiting people in other countries because, Hey, you don't live there. You don't have to suffer any of the consequences of that. It's not, you know, it has nothing to do with you. I think capitalism works better, you know, in in a nationalist kind of way, I think. See, and I would I would completely disagree with that because one of the things capitalism does better than anything else is raise poor people out of poverty. The problem is when you get um, governments involved with it. So, for example, use the electric car thing. Um, you know, it gas or uh, oil made some very poor parts of the world very rich because it was a commodity that needed to be you know, need to be used, um, or people needed. And it was, yeah, you're right. I tend, I tend to conflate capitalism with crony capitalism or with, with government, you know, where the government is where it's really not true capitalism because that's kind of all I see (laughs) on on the global level, you know? So by example, you get the United States coming in and saying, no, we're going to switch over to all these EVs and everything. We're just going to do that. Well, you know, what, where are all the materials for this? Most of them are in some pretty poor countries. And the companies that need these batteries and the lithium and the cobalt and all that stuff, it's already expensive to make these cars. So they got to keep the price down. So they keep some very poor people very poor by keeping a very few people very rich. Yeah. Now that's, that's the part where governments are involved instead of it was, if it was just a free market, those countries would start charging more for their stuff, you know? But they can't because it it doesn't work that way because you have bigger, more powerful governments who sort of, you know, um, they they get involved. But, you know, by contrast, you take that same thing and say, you know, using an automobile example, what did Henry Ford build Ford on? He built it on being able to make a cheap, reliable car that most people could afford. Yeah. You know, and so. If you would just let the free market do what the free market does, um, it would work very well for everybody. Well, anybody who can produce anything. And keep in mind, your own labor is producing something. Yeah. So when people say, well, these people don't have college degrees, and everything, yeah, but 
you still need labor. You, you still need people to move dirt from this spot to that spot, you know, and yeah. you can exchange that, which is something you have for free for whatever someone was willing to pay. So I take it you're not in favor of allowing Chinese companies to own um, American farmland. Well, it, it sort because of depends. Chinese companies are Chinese government. Yeah, I mean, I I'm in favor of someone. You know, I mean, the capitalist part of me says, look, if some farmer wants to sell it to a Chinese company um, that wants to have it, and you know, they're gonna they're willing to pay him for it. I remember the the town I live in. There was a story about ten years ago about the last dairy farm in in the area closing. You know, and it had been. It was a fourth generation or third generation dairy farm or something like that. Wasn't it sad, you know, that they're selling off their hundred cows and they're, and then you come to find out in the article that there's two brothers who are running it. They just, they're too tired doing it. The kids don't really want to, and they're selling off their cows and their cattle. And they're both going to walk away with a couple million dollars. And I'm like, what's the sad part? The sad part is you have this nostalgic idea of, um, yeah. you know, family farms and should they, should they be stuck in that? And so on the one hand, I think, Hey, if somebody wants to sell what they own to someone who's willing to pay for it, that's fine. But my problem with Chinese companies buying it, and I know they're affiliated with the Chinese government is what are they doing with it? That's are they buying the it problem, just to have it man. sit there? You know, if they're going to produce, if a Chinese company is going to come in and produce food, that's just as good and produce it cheaper. I have no problem with that. Yeah, I still do. I'm, I I I don't want uh, foreign uh, countries in charge of uh, very important aspects of our of our economy. So. Well, but again, you're making it something different than what I'm talking about. I'm talking about if they just come in here and I, I'm I'm making I'm talking about what it actually is though. That that's for, and practically what what they're doing is is going to be nefarious. It's not going to be just, Hey, you know, build a better you know, vehicle. It's like not, not Japan coming over and, or Japan saying, Hey, we want to build a plant here in America because we got to, you know, Germans, we, cause we got a better way of doing it and we want to make everybody rich and happy. And that's not what China's doing. Yeah. I don't know what they're doing. I just, and I that's don't the problem. <laughs> I don't know if I, I just, I don't they know. They have if I spy balloons them. flying over the country that, uh, that are, Oh, sending information back uh, about their our military uh, bases and all that. So that's, you know, we know what they're, oh, and uh, did you see this, uh, the the Chinese police stations all over the nation? Uh, uh, clandestine yeah. police stations? <laughs> there's one, well, there's some in Minnesota, I guess. I did want to comment quick on the Chinese spy balloon thing. Okay. One one thing that it really drives me nuts about all these stories like this, and, it, and the the perfect example of this was the Hunter Biden laptop. It starts out at one thing, and then they just keep changing it. It's like, no, it wasn't a spy balloon. Okay, it was a spy balloon, but it wasn't Chinese. Oh, okay, it was Chinese, but it didn't have, it didn't go anywhere important. Oh, uh, yeah, I guess it did. But, you know, it sort of snuck up on us. Oh, wait, we've been tracking it for eight, eight days. You know, I mean, just it wasn't doing anything in real time. Oh, yeah, I guess it was. You know, that kind of stuff. It's like they just, they lie to yeah, you. They're just really bad at it. What? It's a combination, they, it's a combination of lying and gaslighting. Right, because they keep having to admit that they're wrong, yeah. and everybody just gives them the pass. Yeah, it's like. And yeah. I guess bringing this back full circle, that's what I loved about the Elon Musk interview is he didn't let the guy get away with it. He's yeah. like, "No, we're not going to gloss over this. You lied." Yeah. You know. And yeah, there was another uh, that another 
instance of that with uh, Vivek Ramaswamy talking to Don Vivek Lennon. Ramaswamy, yeah. There we go, R- Ramaswamy. <laughs> um, and he was on uh, CNN with Don Lemon. And I, it, to talk about cringe, I was I don't like Don Lemon at all. And it's it, I just got cringe goosebumps by how just blatant um, the pandering to to race hustling this guy does. It's just disgusting. Yeah, I don't think anybody likes Don Lemon, so you're not on an island there. But yeah, when he uh, told Vivek, he's like, "Oh, you know, you yeah. lecturing me on whatever ethnicity you are." <laughs> Vivek was like, yeah. "Did you just say yeah. that?" Yeah, that was ridiculous. When you are in black skin and you live in this country, you can disagree with me. Um, the guy's a minority too, you jackass. Well, and Clay and Buck were talking about this on their show, which is an excellent show, by the way. Um, they they said. You know, Don Lemon's not stupid. Don Lemon knows what ethnicity Vivek is. Yeah. He knows that. He works at CNN. They they have this information. And so what he said there was just he was trying to be condescending and dismissive. And it just it didn't work, you know? And well, he just he keeps doing shit. And then like that. Poppy Harlow was the other host. That's her name. On the, mm-hmm. And she was asking questions and Ramaswamy would come back just with, he'd have all the fucking facts. He'd have all the receipts. She'd go, what about this? What about that? And he goes, well, here's this. And, and then, and then she finally just kind of shut up. And, uh, and then Don comes on with this arrogance and this fucking just condescending bullshit, this race baiting bullshit. And it just, it looked, it was so fucking bad. And this uh, Ramas- Ramaswamy, he kept his composure the whole time. It was good. And when Don Lemon called him, um, said he was disingenuous. Is that what he said? Um, I can't remember. He said something about uh, you're doing a disservice and and you're being disingenuous. And he went right back and he said, no, you're the one that's doing disservice to the black community and being disingenuous. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, yeah, I, that's exactly what you need to do with these people. And Don Lemon was... Um, obviously he, he was like flustered. You could see it. He was just mad because he was getting intellectually fucking beat. Well, and these, and he brought the race stuff into it because that's all he knew what to do. That's, that's his fallback. That's all he knew how to defend what he was saying because he had no answers. Well, because these people, and by that, I mean, liberals who never get challenged, they are just comfortable with their own, their own intelligence. You know, they don't need to be uh, shown the facts or anything, because if they are, they're just like you said, they're going to say you're racist or you're sexist or you're some you're some sort of ist or ism or something like that's supposed to stop you. And if you just look at it and go, whatever, uh, here are the facts and you just keep at it, it, their whole argument falls apart. Yep. And so, you know, what you have to do to be good at arguing this stuff is. Think critically. In other words, look at your own argument and go, how would someone take this apart? Have all the facts you can can muster and don't lose your cool. Yeah. And stick to what you're talking about. When they move the goalposts, you go, no, 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 no. You're changing the subject now. Yeah. My my you know? my problem would, would be that I probably would still, even if I had the facts, I'd lose my cool. You know, it's like just because knowing that they're pulling these fucking um, manipulation tricks and you know there are people that fall for it. It just, it just infuriates me, you know? So, so it'd be, very, it's very hard for me to keep my cool. I can keep my cool up until a certain point. And then I'm like, okay, you're such a fucking disingenuous piece of shit that I can't, I can't even at this point, you know? I'm trying to picture you losing your cool. I just I can't sit. <laughs> it happens, believe it or not. Yeah. And what you really have to do is you have to be sort of humble and self-deprecating when it comes to this stuff. And I, I 
teach my son this because he gets into all these political arguments. And I tell him, first of all, the best advice I can give you about political arguments is don't get into them. You know, I mean, you're, you're going to high school, you're outnumbered, you know, just keep your head down and get to school. Um, but you know, I said, secondly, if you're going to do it, you know, be prepared for what you're going to face. Yeah, and, and don't be a, don't be an aggressive jerk about it. So if somebody's right. somebody's spewing some leftist bullshit and it doesn't really affect you personally, let them spew it. But if it's something but the way, that's changing, but the way you, the way you don't let it affect you is to take that stuff away from them. And Joe Pesci does a great job of this. And my cousin Vinny, when the one guy's like, you know, hey, you little Yankee wuss, I'll kick your ass. And you know, he goes, well, um, that's a good offer. He's like, I, and I'm not going to lie, I could use a good ass kicking, you know? <laughs> I mean, just uh, when people are like, you're an idiot, just go, yeah, yeah, I am I am lacking pretty good in the smarts department, but I do know this. I mean, Trey Gowdy, who I'm sort of turning south on with all of this uh, gun stuff that he's been, oh, we got to do something about the guns. It's like, no, no, we don't. Yeah. Um, well, but And I understand he's making concessions because he's on TV and he's trying to stay on TV, but... He he does a great job of that stuff. I mean, he he was a prosecutor for years. He's very smart. He's sharp. He knows how to construct an argument, and he'll do this sort of aw shuck stuff all the time, you know. Yeah. Like I'm not very smart, but the the Columbo thing, you know. Just one more question, you know. Yeah. It's always yeah. one that clobbers you. Yeah, I think, and oh, but also I was saying with your with your son's situation, yeah. Uh, if there is a situation where somebody just keeps at it and they just won't let it drop, that's when you have to turn around and you have to have your, your ducks in a row and you have to go look, you know, if you, if you want to know how I feel about this is how I feel, I'm not going to go into detail. You know, you, you, you do you, I'll do me. Let's go on our ways. And if they just keep coming at you, that's when you can kind of give them both barrels and go, okay, fuck you. Here it goes. Well, I was, I was pretty proud of him. I may have mentioned this on the podcast, so I'm sorry if I'm repeating it, but, he has a, a history teacher who's pretty much a socialist. I mean, she comes right out and says that. And uh, that doesn't exactly narrow it down. Mm. But uh, he said, she's like, oh, it's socialism. And he goes, ah, capitalism's better. And she's like, why do you say that? And he goes, well, because, you know, you know sooner or later, if you keep taxing everybody who does well, everybody stops trying to do well because they don't want to pay the taxes. Mm -hmm. And she goes, right, but everybody has equality and all that. He goes, you know, the teachers all get paid the same in uh and socialism. And the reason he said that is you can look up teacher salaries in your school district. And he knew that she's an older teacher and he knew about how much money she was making. Mm -hmm. And she's not going to stand for making the same as when she's been there 20, 25 years as making somebody who comes in two years ago. Yep. And she, she just looks at him and goes, that's not how it works. And he said, is that how you feel? Or is that how, what you know? Yep. And I'm like, good for you, man. Good. Yep. And you don't have to get into it beyond that stuff. You just you just need to find a weakness, you know, and in the socialist argument it's real easy to. But you got to you got to get people where they're vulnerable and you just do it. It's like it's like an MMA thing. You put them in a hole they can't get out of and you you make them tap. You know? Yeah. And then you can get up again and they'll go, "Okay, let's do it again." You go, "I I just got you a tap." You know, what, what I can do this again, but you kind of tapped out. What I think is amazing to, to see is when you see these on the street, um, people that either debate or ask questions or interview where they try to talk to the leftists with, when they go protest something or have a rally for something and someone tries to talk to them, even from their own side, 
who's like a liberal who just wants to document stuff that they will not answer won't won't speak to them because because they're deathly afraid of of having to come up with facts or answers that back what they're doing because they don't they can't and it's just it's yeah. so blatant and so obvious that people watching this stuff you would think people that were in that crowd that were you know that weren't fully on board or were on board but didn't really understand truly but then they see hey these people aren't really voicing why we're here or what we're doing then it's as if they don't even want people to know what we're doing or they can't they can't tell people what they're doing because they don't even know what we're doing uh, to, to be part of that group you you have to be willingly fucking stupid like you have to you have to turn your brain off and go well these people that are organizing all this stuff when somebody comes up and asks them hey you want to tell me what you're doing and they start blowing whistles and putting you know putting um umbrellas in people's faces and and banging drums so that nobody can hear what anybody's saying it's like do you not understand that you know they don't have an argument because if they did have one because the right the right we're we're happy to argue our points because we know we're right but we we've got the receipts careful you're starting to sound like that right-wing nutjob bill maher <laughs> well i mean if he, more of that if he keeps getting that way or, or t- talking that way that's great but uh, he is kind of a douche well i shouldn't he say is, kind but of but very much a douche he does make he does make some good points yeah. and uh he just had he had piers morgan on his show and he went and morgan went after that is it god what's her name porter the uh, representative from California who wants to try and get Diane Feinstein spot um, oh. as a senator. Yeah. But she was like, Oh, you know, I support, uh, I support Leah Thomas and Riley Gaines is just doing this all for clicks. And Morgan was just like, no, she's not. And he just, he went after her and Bill's just kind of sitting there like going, okay, go ahead. And then, but then he went on Pierce's show. So they did kind of this quid pro quo thing. And, mm-hmm. and Bill Maher said, you know, we're getting to the point where he goes, you can't be canceled for saying ridiculous things on the left. And he goes, great example. If someone comes along and says, I feel like a woman, so I'm a woman. And you go, no, you're not. You're a man. Canceled. He goes, but if that if that man comes along and says, I'm a woman and goes, you know, I, I'm just feeling like I'm real menstrual today. He goes, we look at that and go, oh, okay. All right. Yeah, I understand. And he goes, we all know it's ridiculous. He goes, nobody believes this bullshit. Yeah. He goes, but we just go along with it. You know? And he goes, no one will cancel those people for saying that stuff. He goes, you're a man. You can't menstruate. You know you can't. Everybody knows you can't. Yeah. You know? <laughs> all right. So, well, we're running up on time, but I want yeah, we are. One, one real quick uh, story that we want to talk about was this female volleyball player that was injured by a transgender athlete. Yeah, uh, there's a new article from Red State, and it says uh, she's still experiencing. She speaks out. She's still experiencing symptoms. So uh, she goes on September 1st, 2022. I was severely injured in a high school volleyball game by a transgender athlete on the opposing team. I suffered from a concussion and a neck injury that, to this day, I am still recovering from. Other injuries I still suffer from today include impaired vision, partial paralysis on my right side, constant headaches, as well as anxiety and depression. Uh, she said she was unable to play volleyball in her senior season, and she's currently playing softball, but um, said that she wasn't able to perform as well as she has in the past due to her injuries. She goes, my ability to learn, retain, and comprehend has also been impaired, and I require accommodations at school for testing because of this. So she, you sh- I, you know, I didn't see the video, um, but you said the guy just spiked her in the head with a volleyball so hard that it just, just rocked her. Well, you can find the video. So I've got it I right am, in front of me now, so I can watch. I it will actually. say I am skeptical of, of how much yeah. she's 
how much she's playing up her symptoms. Yeah. I mean, I don't doubt that she had a concussion. I don't, I mean, uh, I'm impaired, partially par- paralyzed on my right side, but I can still play softball, just not as well. I mean, come on, really? I, I oh. don't, be- I, I don't necessarily it. believe that. Yes, but she got smoked. Yeah, I just, wa- I just watched the video. <laughs> it's not funny. I shouldn't laugh. It, uh, it, I mean, and he, it wasn't like right at the net either. It, she was like at the yeah. second line, and he was right? at the net, and he just blasted her. Well, and the other thing is, I didn't know this. The net is lower in women's volleyball. Okay, yeah, so that makes it so, much easier. Well, yeah, um, you're you're right. I, I I I'm a little skeptical, but you know, it's even you can be skeptical, but some of the it actually could be true. Also, I mean, you never know with this kind of things. When you get hit in the head, a lot of weird shit can happen to you. Well, let me ask you this. There's a guy. Um, I think it's called OE Fitness. Um, he does these short videos. He's got a foreign accent. I don't know if it's a real one or if he's faking it, but. Uh, on YouTube where he does these short little videos, you know, three to five minutes on gym fails and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, uh, one of them had this woman who was in there and she's, it wasn't a fail. She's in there like, um, uh, squatting and she's doing, you know, three plates on each side. So that's, you know, 135 pounds on each side plus the bar. So, so it's, I mean, it's a pretty decent squat, you know, but, uh, and it shows she's, filming it and she sees all these guys in the background not staring at her but just going like wow okay that's impressive you Mm -hmm. know and all these guys were looking at her um doing a bench press and you know how much she was bench pressing much less it was a bar and two full plates yeah one on each side and Mm -hmm. i'm thinking okay if i saw a woman doing that i would be like okay that's that's kind of impressive for a woman i will be honest I have not been to the gym, geez, in a few years. I mean, I used to train pretty seriously. I just need to get back into it. But I'm thinking if I went to the gym now, if I got in my car and drove there and I couldn't do a 45 on each side um, at least at least a couple times, if I was much farther out of shape than I thought I was, within a week I could do that. Yeah. And this is a woman who's training all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, so we just, we have to get rid of this absurd idea that we're the same, you know, it's just, it's, it's not. And so this high school male playing against these, you know, high school girls, someone's going to get hurt really bad. Yeah. And maybe this girl is, and I'm just dismissing it and I'm a dick. Okay. But, um, I know that the after effects she says she's having, I think she's playing them up, but watching that video, she got freaking smoked. And also just, just the psychological effect of that would, would, would give you the, um, what's the, the sports term for it? I mean, they call it the yips in golf, but yeah, you know, it yeah. would give you, it give you a complex, you know, I, I don't want to get some, well, it's like, uh, if you're playing baseball and you take a, a, a line drive that bounces and hits you in the face, it's going to make you real skittish. <laughs> Catching those, yeah. catching those line drives again, you know? Absolutely is. I mean, so. it's like you see guys who get smoked in the head with a 95-mile-an-hour pitch, and the next few times they come up, they're a little nervous. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So some of those guys don't recover from that. But nope. No, I, I heard something, and I'm I'm probably just pulling numbers out of out of my ass here, but I think this was sort of what they were talking about. They said a, a woman's serve at that age probably would have been like in the high 80s, or not serve, spike, would probably be in the high 80s, whereas, you know, a man doing it, and I say man because they're high school age, um, 
you know, probably 17 or 18, uh, doing that probably comes at you 25 miles an hour faster. Yeah. So like an, like an 88 versus a 110 to 115 kind of thing. And, uh, you know, you, you can get hit by something like that. You're going to feel it. If you get hit by it moving 25 miles an hour faster, you're going to feel it too. Yeah. You know? Yep. So. Well, we're way over time here, so let's wrap her up. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, best way to get a hold of us and interact with us is on Facebook. We post our videos or our uh, podcast there. I try and post on there fairly regularly, um, just with different stuff. So uh, if you want to interface with us, I think that's what the techie call it. Uh, <laughs> sure. Best we'll, way we'll to do it that. is on best way to do it is on that page, and that's Bread and Circuses Podcast on Facebook. See you, bye.